Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session six. It's a love thing. Okay, interns. Today, we are going to be addressing the different types of love. Love is what connects us to others. It helps motivate us. It pushes us to move forward. Love can make us feel on top of the world. It can make us feel warm, but it can also hurt us so bad that we feel dark or feel ourselves in a dark place. And I think another thing to kind of add on to what you're just saying is the concept of that love is... um, of an action. Yeah. Yes. And Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh and it's really an umbrella term. Now, like Dr. Jones said, we're definitely going to talk about the different types of love. Um but I, I think another key impo- component to remember is that um love is really an umbrella term that describes a variety of different behaviors, emotions, um and things like of that nature. Yeah. And I think what people don't realize is because in the English, you know, dictionary, verbiage, whatever you want to call it, we don't, we oversimplize things. So what they may have said in Greek language or Swahili or whatever language from way back in the day, it got watered down. And so we use the same word to encompass everything. Like the love I have for my mother is totally different than the love I have for a friend or the love I have for this person. And back in the day, there was a different word for each one of those. Mm -hmm. So we want to start out with giving you the types of love and then we will go through and break each one of those down. The first one is Eros or erotic love. The second one is philia or affectionate love. Third is storage or familiar love. The next one is ludus or playful love. Then mania or obsessive love. Pragma or enduring love. Philosia or philatia, depending on, you know, what part of the world you're in, is self-love. And then you have agape or selfless love. It's a very wide net. Uh, And like you're saying, uh, you know, it definitely describes all the different types of ways that you can love a person without collapsing it all into one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. which I tend to I I tend to think that we collapse them all into eros, like it's a, you know, romantic love, especially when it's between different between somebody you're interested in. Yes. (laughs) Got your back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So it it it. We tend to wrap it, put it all on the arrows when we have to learn how to define which type of love a person goes into, because that can definitely help us from becoming so broken and Mm -hmm. hurt when we put people in the category that they belong in. Yes, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. which one you guys want to break down first? Um, So the first one is arrows, which, you know, holds a a special place in our heart because back in the day we had a workshop called the arrows workshop mm-hmm. but <laughs> which we're gonna do again yes it's coming back it's coming back um but it's originally taken from the greeks and it was thought to be dangerous and frightening and a loss of control however that is not how it is seen in today's times. it's more about passion and it's an intense form of love that tends to arouse your romantic and sexual feelings um, and it's typically like that beautiful kind of euphoric lost into, you know, what you're doing with you and whoever your person is. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. Do you think that Eros love is main- maintainable? 
or sustainable? I do, but you know, I'm a sex therapist. Um, <laughs> the reason why I say it is because at the end of the day, love is a choice. And so with this being one of the types of love, you have to choose it. Sometimes it is hard work and sometimes there are different circumstances that come up that make it very difficult to perform this at its highest level. But if you keep that in mind, it's something that you can do. You're going to have bad days, so it's not like you're going to be able to do it every single day. But it is important that you make a choice of what your standard of this type of love is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you think it's the way it's sustainable along with what you said, you have to be selfless? No, I would say in some aspects, I, I would say no, just because love comes from self first. And so if you don't have your self love together, you're not going to be able to love those outside of you. And one of the forms of Eros love is also the tantric level, which is spiritual. So, you know, unfortunately in Western civilization, we are very, disconnected from our spirit and our emotions and things like that. Mm -hmm. So when people think of the arrows form of love, they only think of their body, mm -hmm. but that's a experience that you experience fully all parts of yourself, not just your body. That's a good point. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you say selfless, do you mean like selfless acts? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And I would probably say that would fall in other categories mm -hmm. of love instead of arrows but um well i'm sorry okay. no, no, no. so the reason why i asked if it was selfless because i do agree with you you do have to have a form of self-love but in order for uh you to rom romance someone in order for you to meet another person's sexual desires you have to be selfless you have to think about the other person in order for the other person's needs to be met. So well, that's why. Well, I think you're combining two though. Okay. Which Romantic, two? affectionate, like those, that's a different type of love, but it's not necessarily that you have to be selfless. You just have to be aware, self-aware and other aware. And you should know your partner, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, or partner, depending on what floats your boat. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times we don't see that. Like I know all of us can attest to the couples <laughs> that we counsel or the individuals we counsel. There is not a lot of self-awareness mm -hmm. in the way that they show up for their partners or for themselves. Very true. So what would, so if you were in a romantic relationship with someone and Eros mm -hmm. love is showing, what would, what would someone see? How do, how do you show that? That's a good question. It's a lot of the intensity. That's what is a good way. It's um it's a hundred percent intensity in whatever your actions are. Because you gotta think erotic does not necessarily mean sexual. Mm -hmm. And I know we know that, but other people don't know that. Um so it's about the intensity and the level of the energy that you're placing into that specific act. Mm -hmm. It reminds me a lot of the id. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so for those that don't know and are not familiar, um, Sigmund Freud came up with our, you know, kind of psychosexual urges and, um, nope, that's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the egos. Yes. The egos. The egos. <laughs> I was going a completely different direction, um, with the egos. So you have, um, your id, which is moved by what's called the pleasure principle so it's all everything i want you pleasure know. Principle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all about what i want what can i get what makes me feel good like oh my mm -hmm. god and then of course you know we have the other ones which is the ego um which is your kind of sanity and it's the middleman yeah level-headedness mm -hmm. and then you have your super ego which is more of your morality but as since we're talking about arrows specifically mm -hmm. um that reminds me of the id yeah and um back to what you were asking earlier the reason why um 
it's not about being selfless Mm -hmm. is because typically Eros is is sustained by a deeper form of love. So it's stacked. Kind of how we were saying you have all these different types of love. Eros Mm -hmm. cannot sustain itself solely by itself. Mm -hmm. You need a different form of love, a deeper love that's going to, you know, help with that. So Eros is basically uh, the, the umbrella and then you have the other ones to help it help the relationship continue to build Mm-mm, separate. So you is they're each their separate thing and you want to join them together. So they're mm-hmm. equal, but mm-hmm. they are different. So like Eros is going to be your more primal and powerful and it's like a, a quick burn. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you have that true love and we'll get into all mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. you put that together. It's more sustainable. Look at Eros. Not Look at here. it. Look at <laughs> it. <laughs> anything else on that one, y'all? No. Uh, I mean, if I was going to add anything, uh, I think we may have already kind of touched on this, but a lot of people just kind of, they try to stay there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. And confuse what passion is. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if the, like you said, the the intensity of that passion is sustainable. Mm-mm. You know, you can't be on level 10 with your partner all the time. All the time. And if yes. you are, you're manic. <laughs> right. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's what I think people, the, the average person, what they believe that means. Yeah. I agree with that. Right. Which is why I asked the question of what does it look like? Because mm-hmm. you're right. People tend to think in order for, you know, for me to know that you love me, I need to feel that intensity all the time. And then if it changes, then something's wrong. Well, that's why there's so many, you know, magazine articles and (laughs) online articles about how to bring the passion back in your marriage, 10 ways that you can spice up your love life. Mm -hmm. Because when we think of Eros, we only think of, like you said, we think with our bodies Mm -hmm. and we think of sex Mm -hmm. and intensity. Yeah. And Not the thing longevity. is, you know, relationships will go through cycles and experience that. Like mm-hmm. you'll have it, you know, you might have it. Seasons. Y- there you go. Mm-hmm. You may have it for a season. And then, but just because it changes, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. It doesn't mean that he is cheating or she is cheating or they're giving that to someone else. It doesn't mean that. It's just, mm-hmm. that was the season y'all were in. And yeah. it doesn't mean that it won't come back. It's just not the season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is philia or affectionate love. And um, that's friendship. You know, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's platonic. It's friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, for this type of love, you know, I think this was one of the foundational ones. Didn't the Greek consider this to be like the most. Hmm stable and sought after form of love because it was more about a deeper connection is virtuous yeah Mm -hmm. there's a deeper connection with the person because you and everyone is seen as equal Mm -hmm. you know sometimes with erotic love there can be this power play yeah a power dynamic but with um i'll say philia (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but with this type of love there's um an equality that kind of comes there because Mm -hmm you know, we are essentially on the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and other than, you know, mutual respect and, you know, um, valuing each other and, you know, things like that, we don't really want anything other than that. You know, we're, it's not, we're not trying, if you are in a, fr- a true friendship, you just want it to be equal. You just wanted both of us to gain something from it. We want to grow from each other. Like you have no, if you're in a true friendship, you don't have an ulterior motive. Aristotle talked about Philly being a dispassionate, virtuous love between equal people. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the guy. I couldn't think of which one it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it was about being equality and being equality, being equal, um, and it being a deeper mm-hmm. kind of form. At least when we're talking about between two people, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. the loyalty principle we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is storage or familiar love. And so it's, it's very close to philia, 
but it is um, between parents and their children and children for their parents. This is that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of the forms of it. Yes. Which we kind of talked about this a little bit last week um, when, you know, we were saying that uh, you choose your partner. Mm-hmm. So you love your partner in a different way than you love your children because, you know, you both your child just kind of comes into existence. Now, of course, we're not talking about the biological piece and all, yeah. all that breaks down. <laughs> but, you know, your child comes into existence and it's there is a almost chemical slash spiritual mm-hmm. love that just instantaneously for the most part, you know, again, we're not talking about all of the complications that can come with mm-hmm. developing a bond, but in a general sense, it is an instantaneous love. Yeah. And it's it's almost pure of heart. Yeah. And I it can also that. it could also be found between like childhood friends. Yeah. Like that develop into adults. Yes. Yeah. Because like I'm still best friends with my childhood best friend. Yeah. Like she and I still communicate. We may not communicate all the time. Yeah. But when we talk, it's like it we just snap right back in place. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think one of the things that um, they bring up is that it can become an obstacle, though, because your family and friends can ultimately change your decisions. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure that you're being true with yourself and you're not putting uh, your friends and family in positions that they shouldn't be in. Those are positions that are solely um, held for yourself. Mm. Absolutely. That's something that I, not in that specific way, but that's something I talk about with, with my clients a lot. Once they, especially my phase of life ones that are in that 20, 21 ish kind of age range, mm-hmm. um, we start talking about how as an adult, you have the ability to choose. Now, when you were young, you are not in control of any of the decisions that your parents make. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to pick up and move to Timbuktu, you're going. I mean, <laughs> yep, that's yep, it. That's true. Like you, you don't get asked about the decision. All you know is we all of a sudden we're living in this house and now we're living in another house. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, you are in control of all of these different types of things in your life, including how you want to have a relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes if the family roles have become um, difficult or unhealthy, that may mean that their position in your life, it gets knocked down or completely eliminated. And it also ties into um, when they become an adult. So as a child, you may have grown up as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then as when you become an adult, you start exploring different religions and you decide that you want to, try another religion but your family you're scared of the response that your family is going to give you so you decide to either stay christian or you decide to do it on the side and not tell your family Mm -hmm. when you have the option to be able to you should have the ability to make that choice of if you're gonna change uh change your religion or not yep it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot of pressure in that one yes um the next one is ludus or playful love. And this is considered um, like the puppy love phase, you know, that kind of thing where it's like the beginning, it's the honeymoon, you love him, he loves you, all of that. When you really love his representative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the representatives. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it has a little bit of the arrows mixed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you get that kind of euphoric feeling at the beginning because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, it's passionate. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I just think about you all the time. So then when you working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Falling asleep on the phone with each other. It's that sort of thing. No, yeah. you hang up. No, on three hang up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hilarious yeah. I mean I know I went through that um when I was younger I don't I don't really do a lot of that now in my older years yeah. oh god no. I get giddy like maybe with my homegirls I'm like oh my god like yeah I like him a lot which I think but yeah. not like 
with I that person. I got to person. go sleep. Like now, when it's time to go night night, it's time to go night night. Like, <laughs> he he don't know I'm giddy. Y'all know I'm giddy, but he don't. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I think as an adult, it looks more like flirting, and you know, if you tease each other, that sort of thing. It's not so much of the childlike qualities mm-hmm. that we used to. Yeah, see. teenage love. Yeah. yeah. You know we. But it puts me in the mind of, you know, like on the cartoons where they have like the heart eyeballs and they're just going, you know, that's what I think of with that type of love. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very innocent, um, hopeful mm-hmm. type of love. Yeah. yeah. You know, it hasn't been tainted yet with all of the yeah. the life, life. stresses <laughs> yeah. and decisions. Yeah. Um, it's still in its infancy stages. So there's so much anticipation and hope mm-hmm. and want and desire mm-hmm. which is like again i think it has a lot in common with eros because mm-hmm. all of that is just sitting there and then all of a sudden one day you look up and you're like who is this person yeah and why are you here <laughs> and, a, and a lot of people that have long lasting love they attest that being able to be playful with one another is one of the reasons why they've been able to maintain this yeah. level of a relationship because you have yeah. to be jovial and um, energetic with one another or you you will start to suck the life out of each other. And that's not to say we don't have phases and seasons like we talked about earlier, but this is something that is necessary to try to kind of keep going consistently. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me of my parents because my, my parents have been married all my life. <laughs> but you know, I look at their relationship and I do see them play with each other. I do see them tease each other. I do see, you know what I mean? And so I, you know, if I have to attest to that, you know, I can definitely say that those are things that they do and they've been married 40 plus years. Keep it spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it grosses me out, but I love it. I like it. I know if <laughs> if I get blessed uh, with, with my life partner, my significant other, Oh, we gonna make everybody grossed out. I already know. I'm like, uh. I'm like, don't you be slapping me on my booty. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and they they laugh because they know I'm such a calm, laid back person. So to see me like that is gonna be hilarious. It is. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to take my eyes off of it. <laughs> She's voyeuristic. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, the next one, um, which is the one we see a lot in session, is mania or the obsessive love. Yeah, this is the Mm. dangerous one or Uh can be a dangerous one. Yes. Yeah, it says that it's the type of love that leads to a partner, um, leads a partner, excuse me, into a type of madness and obsessiveness. Um, It occurs when there's an imbalance between Eros and Ludus. The first thing that comes to mind for me is codependency. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I have a client that I've worked with off and on for the last couple of years. And I think that is literally the only thing we've ever talked about the whole time she's been in session is about codependency mm-hmm. and her difficulty leaving a man that is unhealthy for her, yeah. leaving that relationship. Um, and finding the strength to move on and it's really hard to watch it's really hard to let them get there yeah yeah because you really just want to say will you please leave you want to shake them yes yes Mm -hmm. now if it's your home girl you can shake them but in a therapeutic setting you're not shaking your clients Mm -hmm. it is it's hard because i think they don't it's like they lose everything mm-hmm. to to this person and they're my, well, that is the problem. They become their everything and nobody that you date, marry, or involved with should ever be your everything. That's too much pressure to put on them and that's too much to expect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You begin to co- compromise yourself, compromise your values, your morals, wants, desires, needs, you know, in an effort to put this other person ahead of you Mm -hmm. because you know they start to mean having them means more than being alone yeah and and being healthy Mm -hmm. yeah 
The other side of this type of love is when you see the jealousy mm-hmm. and your mind, the possessiveness and the ownership. And that's not something that should be in love. I don't I don't know why it's there, but if you let it go too far, that's exactly where it comes from. I think mm-hmm. because it I think it depends on a person's background. Because some people think that if you're not jealous or if you're not checking my whereabouts and where I am and where I'm coming back and all, you don't care about me. You don't love me. That's it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I've seen so many memes and story posts uh, in various you know groups I'm in on Facebook and Instagram that have that same exact sentiment. Like, you know, ooh, if he don't do this, then, you know, he ain't for me. And it's like, but that's unhealthy. Someone knowing, you know, your location at all times, you know, if you haven't decided as a, a couple, couple. Yeah. you know, something like the Life 360 app, you know, that's something that you guys choose together and you both, you know, kind of decide we're going to do that. But if you're like, checking my location and I have no idea that you're checking my location but once I learn about it I'm like oh my god he loves me so much it's like no that's stalkerish yeah that's possessive <laughs> um yeah and I think it can be lead to paranoia and I also agree with what you're saying Dr. Jones that it comes from experience you know if you've had um if you've watched like your mother and father have this mm-hmm. very you know intense dynamic relationship where one was cheating on the other and that's kind of what you grew up watching and then one of them being paranoid about well who are you talking to and where are you going and when are you coming back and that can that's like when I was talking about earlier about associations mm-hmm. that children learn based off what they see so if that's the type of thing that you see you start to believe that that's what's what is health yeah. in a relationship yeah. so then when you get with your partner and they start to do the same things you see nothing wrong with it right and and that makes for a very toxic environment for the both of you. That's sad. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, mania. Because this is a side note. Uh, mania is the one that you see people snap from. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know that show snapped. <laughs> this that's, them. That's mania. Love gone wrong. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. It elicits a survival instinct, mm. and so. We don't, we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. Crime of passion. Which is why we, one of the reasons why we're saying it's so unhealthy, because if you get to the point where you are snapping, then you, that didn't just happen overnight. Well, the snapping probably did happen overnight, but there's been a buildup of behavior that you needed to get away from far, far long before you got to the point that you snapped and you stayed. So please hear us say, that if you're in that type of relationship, we can't tell you what to do in your relationship, but you need to reevaluate where where this relationship is going to go. Is it going to land you in a snapping situation or do you need to get out of the situation so that you can be healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I was trying to think of a movie that reminds me of mania type love and a couple of different ones came to mind. <laughs> What you gonna say? I was thinking thin line between yep, love and hate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, exactly. Thin line between love and hate. Um, and baby boy. Mm. Mm, I can see that. Um, of the obsessive piece on whose end, baby boy or both? Both of them. Just they both couldn't let each other go. Yeah, that is true. That's you true. know, even though they, you know, he stepped out on her, and you know. But they both couldn't let each other go. Mm-hmm. Even though they eventually got there, you know, they got to a healthier spot. But everything prior to mm-hmm. was. But see, and that's that's the downfall. People look at movies and say, "Well, they got that's a movie." Yes, that is a movie. Because baby, it take a lot of work to get to that end part. Yes, you never lie. And you've lost yourself so much. That it, it, you don't even know who you are at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the next one is pragma or enduring love. And this is the love that has aged and matured and developed over time. And I think this is this is the love that I think, I know I say this a lot, that I think ride or die tries to get to. Mm-hmm. And is 
is the imitation version of this. When I when I think of this, I, I know I just brought up my parents before, but this one definitely reminds me of my parents because they've gone through their struggles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've obviously I've witnessed them, witnessed it, but I've also seen them work it out, figure it out. And and now what they have, I feel like is very solid. Yeah. You know, they've gone through their storms, their trials, and now they have a testimony. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when you think of endurance, you think of maintaining. Mm-hmm. And that is something that a lot of people just don't do. They they know how to go out there and get, but they don't know how to maintain it. Like, how do I sustain this level of love going forward? What do I need to get and what do I need to give? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, there is a little bit of give and a little bit of get and a little bit of shut up in there. <laughs> and go be by yourself for a little bit. Exactly. Spend time alone. <laughs> the hard part is we just don't have good examples. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was reading a post. They were talking about the divorce rate and why it's, you know, gotten so high. And some of the comments and things in there were kind of, I was like, oh, I, I can see where you're going. Uh, one of them in particular was talking about how divorce is higher now because people don't stick it out because they have to anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, so now That's we don't really have these example the examples we had were unhealthy because mm-hmm. if they had if they were legally allowed to because divorce isn't used to not always be legal. It's mm-hmm. new for us. And right. it's not legal in every country either. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they were even allowed to divorce then well since they were not allowed to divorce people were just there out of obligation and so you have this lack of care and concern and it's really just uh, autopilot Mm -hmm. you know i'm taking care of the bills we're going to work taking care of the kids making sure the house clean and that's really all you saw and a roommate situation yeah you got Mm. this real stoic relationship going on or you have the opposite extreme end where they're fighting all the time because they really can't stand each other, but I have no other option. Yeah. yeah. There was this meme that I saw a few months back and the original meme is that this girl said, I want the type of love that my grandparents had. And then somebody responded to that and said, I don't want that type of love where you're going upside my head and you got this baby over here and this and that. Because it was speaking to that imitation love, that ride or die, stick with you mm-hmm. regardless yeah. instead of enduring. Yeah. You know, it's both, when you have an enduring love, it's both parties putting in the effort, both parties mm-hmm. compromising, communicating, and you just don't see that. It's a lot of selfishness. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my couples is stop trying to mirror your marriage like someone else's marriage. You better preach. <laughs> you have to make your marriage your own marriage. And I, in yeah. in the movie that, <laughs> Dr. Strickland got me think of movies. The movie that comes up, comes up for me in that example is Sex in the City. Carrie and Mr. Mm, B. Yes, that's a good one. You know? Yeah. And so I, they, that's when I, when I saw that part and they was like, we, we can make our marriage what we, what we want it to be. I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, you can you the two of you have the ability to make your marriage the way you want it to be. Yeah, Yeah. you have to pick it apart. That's something that I talk about with my couples as well. Um, You really got to ask yourself, what do you want and what can you maintain? Like, I'm gonna tell you right now, like I grew up in a very traditional home. Um, I grew up with my grandparents and my mom and my grandparents provided a very good relationship I know that they had a lot of struggles before I came along but what I saw was very good however (laughs) that is not necessarily going to work for me I can't do what I do as a doctor in this field and be like okay I'm coming home and I'm cooking meals and doing okay I love to cook but realize for me to do what I do and for me to bring the money that I bring home we have to compromise and I expect myself to be able to compromise with whoever my significant other is now, of course, it's, it changes up. You decide to have some kids and some other things like that, and somebody has to sacrifice. That's okay, but those are things that you talk about. So you have to know what you can maintain and what you can sustain. And yeah. that's a that's a good point because I have had to talk to some of my women wives of the couples about 
where they got their image of what a wife is. Who told yeah. you that? Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah. a lot of them say either from past or from the Bible. And I definitely have to, t- girl, in the Please Bible, check. <laughs> in the Damn. Bible, they didn't work. No, you had your specific duties. You, we were, let's just be honest. I'm, I'm a whole Christian out here, but times were different back then. Yes. We didn't have rights. We yeah. were property at that point, you know, so things were different. Yes. You can still be a virtuous woman and follow that, you know, a prop. Proverbs 31 woman you can still follow that but make sure your man or whoever is following the male part of that because that is the part I would definitely say in Christianity that is glossed over it's always be a yes. Proverbs 31 woman but it's never be this type of man mm. yes yeah because so, it's some in there for you too directions <laughs> um, <laughs> but not to get a, not to get all religious because I think even if you don't go religious you still have these social norms of what it means to be this and what it means to be that and you have to sit down and figure out if that works for you yeah right and and in these days it takes a two-income home to survive you ain't never lost you know and so if you if you can afford to stay be a stay-at-home mom or dad uh these days if you can afford that then good and so then you can you can have the dinner on the table and the house clean smell like food and pine salt and you know everything but (laughs) but you know you have to be realistic with where we what era we are in yeah Yeah. we we both got to carry this family that's how i look at it yeah oh man that's something i talk to my specifically my female clients a lot um because this is a, a thing that i hear pretty consistently is he won't help me with this or my husband won't help me with that yeah and i talk with them like take help out of your vocabulary because help and it it suggests that it's your responsibility and i need i just need some temporary assistance with it Mm -mm. stop saying help because it is a partnership that you guys are equally (laughs) now i know in reality it's never going to be 50 50 but for Mm -hmm. the most part you're equally sharing the load you know that your your spouse has a set of responsibilities you have a set of responsibilities but if you say help me Mm -hmm. then they're going to interpret that as oh normally you got this but this one time you need my help Mm -hmm. and it should be a hundred and a hundred effort you know i think people get that mixed up and they think that i'm doing this little bit in this area and it's sufficient and it's not and because whoever the other partner is doesn't speak up and let them know that that's not okay it's like they're blindsided because you never told them that that wasn't something that you were willing to do. And that's why you have to choose a partner you can be a team with because you have to understand, like the three of us, we work outside of the home. Mm-hmm. So if we have a significant other that gets home before us, then that that significant other knows, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start dinner because I know she's coming mm-hmm. home. She'll be home mm-hmm. about 30 minutes. So I'm going to start dinner. So when she get here, only thing she may have to do is fix the cornbread or the, the sides or something like that. But other than that, it's a partnership. Yeah, it's a partnership. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what anybody with, if we're using us as an example, we're working 10 hour, 12 hour days. Like yeah. this is private practice or being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. It's not an eight hour shift. Yeah. No, it is not a Monday through Friday, eight to five. No. And so most of us have other professions that we do we have multiple businesses going on and so you and your partner have to be able to negotiate those things and y'all pick up the slack for one another you don't ever want to be in the middle of a relationship and feel like you by yourself that is true because i can do this alone like that don't (laughs) don't do that to yourself yeah true you know but Mm. to get off our soapbox um, (laughs) that was a good one to talk about though (laughs) Because that's something that we all desire is that enduring love. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the next one is philautia or philosia, whichever one you want to say, or self-love. And this is the care that you um, give to yourself. And by you giving this to yourself, you're able to give more abundantly to other people. I I'm, think. Go ahead. <laughs> no, this is, if anything, if there's a base, this would be it. Yeah. Yes. You know, this is the the foundation. 
if you cannot love yourself and see yourself in acceptance, you know, uh, I talk when I talk with my clients, I hate the term self-esteem. But again, that's a personal (laughs) thing. um, Because in a lot of ways, self-esteem is dependent upon how other people see me. Yeah. Um, And we talk more about self-acceptance, because if you accept yourself, it does not matter how other people see you. Oh, that's that inner self and your actualized self coming together yeah Uh, so that is why I think that is the base because once you have learned to see yourself outside of all of the the other and what I think this person might think of me and how I'm okay my do I look right do I sound right you know (laughs) you it's a freedom that can come with that Mm-hmm. You know, and the way you move will be different. The way you sound will be different. It influences who you pick as a mate. Yes. Yeah. Your, your, your self-acceptance. Yeah. Absolutely. That self-love. Definitely. That it, it, it helps you because then you, I always tell my clients, if you choose, if you're emotionally unintelligent and you're not healthy and you choose someone and they choose you back, then they unhealthy too. I tell my clients yes. two half people don't make a whole person. No, you and they're always half. like, what do you mean like that? You came to this relationship as a half person. Cause you are, like you said, not emotionally intelligent. You haven't done any self inner mm-hmm. self work. Likely the person that you chose has not either, but you're coming together with this whole, uh, Jerry Maguire idea <laughs> of you complete me. <laughs> you yes. complete and no. I'm like, no, you don't need someone complete to yourself. complete you. You need someone to compliment you, yes. not supplement you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is no such thing as a person completing you so two half people don't make a whole person yeah, yeah you are already complete you just haven't realized it yet yes all your stuff is there use it mm-hmm. um one thing that i was saying earlier actually today are you choosing people from your wound or are you choosing people from your scar mm. say that again dr wall are you choosing people from your wound or are you choosing people from your scar let the church <laughs> say amen <laughs> amen And what that means is when you have a wound, it's bloody, it can be infected, it hasn't healed. When you have a scar, there's understanding of what you can and cannot take, aka boundaries, and you do it freely without restraint. Mm -hmm. So it's a difference. It's definitely a difference. Um, From this uh, website that we're getting some of this information from, it's called uh, LonerWolf.com. That's one of the ones that we're looking at. I just wanted to read this one because I think it is so um, insightful. And it says, um, self-love is the healthiest form of love. It shares the Buddhist philosophy of self-compassion, which is the deep understanding that only once, excuse me, that only once you have the strength to love yourself and feel comfortable in your own skin, will you be able to provide love to others? As Aristotle put it, all friendly feelings for others are an extension of a man's feelings for himself. You cannot share what you do not have. If you do not love yourself, you cannot love anyone else either. The only way to truly be happy is to find the unconditional love of self. Other, excuse me, often learning to love yourself involves embracing all the qualities you perceive as unlovable. This is where your shadow work comes in. And for anybody that's ever done yoga, you know what shadow work is. (laughs) I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. This is that soul love. Yes. Yeah. Self-love is not about a f- about feeling good. It's about no. appreciating <laughs> yourself. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. You know, because one thing, another thing that I talk about with my clients is don't go around chasing happy. Oh, God. It's yes, an emotion. No. It yeah. comes and goes. Stop <laughs> chasing happy. And I think that comes with that. I just want to feel good. I want to feel good once I, I'll feel good once I love myself. And it's like, but you're chasing, you're, you're trying to catch smoke. Like mm. it's elusive. There's no, you, happy is tied to events. Mm-hmm. You know, you have birth, graduation, new job, new car, new, new house. Yeah. Promotion. Yeah. Happiness is tied to an event. But, you know, I like something which I took from you is looking for joy mm-hmm. or peace mm-hmm. or contentment, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it from a different perspective versus chasing good. Mm-hmm. I know the one, my emotion that sticks with me is peace. That's mm-hmm. something that I hold very near and dear so that I can show up in the world the way I need to and not 
be bleeding hard because I'm a, I'm a whole like I've said before I'm a whole introverted empath I can't be doing that to other people <laughs> <laughs> and see I hold joy because I because I have to look at it as this too shall pass because mm-hmm. I mean obviously all of us are gonna do a lot of things and so in order for me I have to hold on to that to know that on the other side of this I'm still going to be joyful. And through this, I'm still going to be joyful because like Dr. Wild just said, I can't be spewing out my, my junk. Yeah. You know, because otherwise nobody will want to be around me. True. I think the word that I hold on to is content. You know, I want to be satisfied with all facets of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, whether I'm struggling or whether I'm prospering, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to be content with either of those things. And it's beauty in a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think some of my um, most peaceful moments, ironically, have been in the midst of my struggle. And I know that's a testament to my support system as well as like my mindset whenever I've gone through something. But you, it's it's work. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't want to, you know, pull your hair out, pluck your eyes out, whatever you got to do. But this too shall pass, as mm-hmm. you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you so and and that's why it's so important for that self acceptance, that self love, to know that it's about you appreciating you. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you have to know that because when you go through these different life situations, you will be you will change. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Love yourself. Be compassionate. Give yourself yep. permission. Um, the next one is and the next and the last is agape or selfless love and this is the highest and most radical type of love it's also what we would call um unconditional love i think for some people this one's a hard one to get to you ain't never lied (laughs) (laughs) you know being able to we were just talking about, you know, with self-acceptance, you know, accepting flaws and all, mm-hmm. but being able to see another person, you know, when we were in school, we learned about like, are people inherently good or are they inherently bad? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Ag- agape kind of screams to me like people are inherently good, but I put my blinders on and I just don't see it. I feel like this one is difficult until you meet someone that's toxic because then you use that as an excuse. I can see that. Yeah. I've just like, I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. Just like with, with addicts, they will, I know we hate this term. They will ride or die with them. Knowing that this relationship is toxic, knowing that they are, in, are in, uh, um, enabling them, but because they love them unconditionally, quote air quotes, they stick to it. That's why I said in the previous one, you have to learn how to love. Um, I used addicts as that example. You have to learn how to learn, Love addicts unconditionally with conditions. Yeah. yeah. It is it is the utmost spiritual form of love. And you really have to go outside of yourself and not be weighed down by all these social constructs and norms and all those types of things. It's a it's very hard to get there. In a psychological stance, it's this is where Agape love will come in once you get to self-actualization, which is the highest level of the pyramid. Very few people ever get to that mm-hmm. because Maslow's it is hierarchy. Yes, because we're distracted by so many different things. Mm-hmm. And um, Buddhists describe it as universal loving kindness, which mm. the planet could use right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But let's really be honest. How many people would be willing to be loving? That's mm-hmm. that's a good question. In spite of, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I know I get my little feelings hurt all the time because I just be wanting to love people. They don't want to love me back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you would still continue that regardless of how somebody treated you. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to. It is. Because when you, that's how we put guards up. Mm-hmm. Because when you've been hurt, you know, so many times, or even even if you've been hurt one time, one good time, you put guards up. Yeah. And we're selfish. Yeah. You know, while I, I tend to lean towards people are inherently good, we're still also selfish. Yeah. You know, so if I see 
that I'm giving and giving and giving and giving and I'm being so generous and so accommodating and so forgiving and then you're just over there taking advantage. Well, then now now I got to start thinking about me. And now I have a resentment. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I, this is the one that's the hardest to achieve because even in spite of all of that, I would still have love for you mm-hmm. on a human level. Mm-hmm. And And for those of us who are spiritual we treat god like that too because we feel like god if god doesn't answer our prayer and he answers your prayer then he doesn't love me he loves you more mm-hmm. which that's not how any that works it, no no yeah even even if it's not from a um a christian perspective or a a religious perspective you have to realize that it has to come from a divine place of loving somebody Mm -hmm. and a lot of us are so disconnected that it would be very difficult for a lot of us to be able to get there because it's the ultimate sacrifice like I'm gonna love you period now it don't mean that you just let people do whatever they want to do I can love you from a distance yes most definitely yeah it's hard it is hard work to get to that level but ultimately agape is the the pinnacle it is the one that you want to strive to eventually get to yeah but you first have to work on not being selfish because we all have a little bit of selfishness in us either way you know but so we have to all work on not being selfish yeah yeah and a major part of that is the forgiveness forgiveness has to be interlaced in agape because people are going to do crazy stuff and you have to flip that and be like well that's that's a reflection of them it's not a reflection of me who I am or how I show up it's a reflection of what they are going through and how they are seeing things and it's also uh, self-forgiveness too because sometimes we can't get to that point because we don't think we're worthy of that type of love Yes. Or we accepted a variety of things that when we go back and look on it, we're upset with ourselves that we accepted it for so long. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to forgive yourself for allowing yourself to go through some of those struggles. This is a good one for y'all to really ask us some questions about if you don't understand <laughs> <laughs> or some experiences that you may have had. I know all of us have experienced one of these type of loves at, at least. least. And yeah. this is this is definitely one of those ones that you can definitely give us the, the information and we can address it, you know, on the on the podcast if you would like us to. Must be fire control. So okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at the recycled podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.